How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good? All right. All right, we're going to see lots of pictures. Um, it's a big honor, huge honor to, uh, to actually come home uh, and uh, be asked to speak at the, uh, the Air Force Museum. You know, I'm a graduate of Beaver Creek High School, uh, went, uh, graduated in 89, and uh, it's just neat to come home and, and uh, share something that I love. Um, it's such a huge honor uh, what I do. One of the things that, that I love to do, didn't know I was going to love to do it, but end up loving to do it, is to actually have the opportunity to take pictures of the proud and brave men and women that serve our country. So it's, it's a huge honor placed on us to do that. Um, I started out uh, trying to find my way through, through life with uh, graduating from Beaver Creek, and then I went to uh, Wright State University for a while. Well, that didn't work out too well. They kind of politely asked me to leave. <laughs> so I was like, well, what am I going to do? Started working construction a little bit. Um, some of the guys I was working with, uh, you know, kind of had to go back into jail on the weekends. So I was like, what do I do? Well, I have to find something. My dad, retired lieutenant colonel now. My mom was a, uh, a uh, nurse. And I thought I'd probably do the best of both worlds. And uh, so I wanted to, uh, to take my hand and join uh, the military, join the Air Force. I wanted to do four years and four years only. Get a good trade, get out. Um, yeah, that didn't work out too well either. <laughs> I wanted to be an x-ray technician. Went in, talked to the recruiter. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, you'll get that. <laughs> right, right. So I remember talking to my dad about it, and uh, I'm like, yeah, they're giving me something. They're secret clearances, and he goes, well, maybe you're going to be, you know, doing something in the hospital on important people. Yeah, right, Dad. <laughs> Ended up becoming an imagery processor. What I, used, what I started out doing in this career is I uh, processed and printed um, imagery from the U-2 spy plane to the satellite uh, imagery that we have. Um, loved it, loved it, loved it. I thought I was making an impact. The images were we're going and uh, being used uh, for uh, Bosnia. The presidents were looking at them. SEALs were looking at them, you know, for, for intel and stuff. I mean, it, th it was really important. I loved it. However, as I tr that was in, uh, when I was stationed in uh, England. Transitioned to California, uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base. And now I'm working in a darkroom processing printing. All these photographers are coming in and going, yeah, God, we were just over in Africa. It was amazing. Here, you know, develop my film. Great. What happened was is I started, uh, I started uh, wanting to do what they were doing. So I started picking up a camera, took interest, really studying the craft, and uh, found mentors that really took an interest in what I was doing. And then I transitioned into uh, to photography. From there, I went to uh, I got the opportunity to go to Syrac attend Syracuse University. Our uh, career field sends five t uh, five uh, people from each service every year to Syracuse University to study photojournalism. Amazing, amazing opportunity. Fell in love with it, and it just prospered and grew. Um, one of the things I I really like to do when I'm in there is I take a look at the world, and we, we all take pictures. Everybody's a photographer now. 
But I try to see and bring something to the viewers, something different. I can walk into a room and I can take a picture just like this. But if you look at the person next to you, can you see that shadow that's running across their face? Can you see that expression that's, that's on their face? It's really starting to learn and, and study people. So that's where my photography kind of grew and, and took off. Tonight I'm going to show you uh, 20 years, pretty much, of, uh, of work. Um, then I'll, and then we'll stop and we'll, uh, we'll talk about what's going through my mind um, through some of these. I'm going to show you stuff from Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, I'm going to show you stuff from humanitarian missions that, that I was uh, in. And then at the end, we'll just kind of show you some of my favorite shots. But what, what photojournalists are in the military? What, why are we in the military? Why, why do we have photographers in the military? Like I said in my opening, it's, it's big. It's an honor. I have to capture. We, we get to document history as it's unfolding in front of our eyes. But that imagery is there to let the battle, on-scene battlefield commanders know how their troops are doing. It's to let the president know, you know, and all the Joint Chiefs staff know what, what's going on over there. And it's also for the local uh, media and stuff to, to let them know. So literally, getting into uh, to Iraq and Afghanistan, one of the things that you have to do is we train all this time to get over there and, and work. With... Uh, with that, a typical day is I get assigned to go over to Iraq. They're going to tell you, you know what, Mosul is going to be your district, your area. So now, here's a goofy Air Force guy coming in, you know, looking like Gomer Pyle with a hat and helmet and carrying cameras and stuff. And I have to go knocking on doors. Who's doing things? You know, who, who's seeing the action? Who's doing something amazing today? So you go out there and you capture these images of these soldiers going out and doing their missions. Well, they go out and do their missions, and uh, then they come home and then they rest. After that, we're busy uh, working our images, captioning them, and then sending them out. On an average shoot, you go out and shoot a couple hundred or so photos, and you, you pick your best 10 to 15 images, and then you'll send those up. Whatever tells the story that happened that day. So we'll go through a little bit of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. That, that image right there was the, uh, the last, how we got bin Laden. Well, the, the time before we, we got him was in... Uh, Tor Bora, Afghanistan. It was the last known place that we had. We just shot a JDAM missile into a cave, and we were up there exploring. The helicopters are landing half on the mountain, half off, and, uh, and we're, we're trying to, to find them. That photo actually generated, uh, the child was alive, 
That photo actually generated a lot of humanitarian aid to that family and in that, uh, that village. People that desperately needed it. Photos can change the world. One photo can change the world. It's very powerful. One of the things I like to do is I like to go out and fail. I like to try to, to set myself up for, for, for failures. I have to go out there. It's dark time. I have to come back with an image. So I'll, I'll try anything and everything. That means leaving the camera exposure on. You know, there's no light out there. Leaving it on um, for 30 seconds, I'll try that. But it's being able to make those mistakes that, that bring you great photos. I just want to tell you, like, pretty much what a typical uh, mission is, is you're going out and you're just patrolling around, knocking on doors, meeting the, uh, the locals, um, kind of searching for bad guys or waiting for the bad guys to attack you. Um, you know, we see the movies a lot, and we see what firefights look like. They're all movied up, and you're seeing boom, 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 and this is going on, this is going on. This, honestly, is, is what a firefight looks like. The, uh, the dirt that's being strafed up there is, a, uh, is bullets that, that are being fired at us. Um, this is right after we got outside the uh, front gate and we did a traffic control stop. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is, as a young photographer, when I was out there, I was always trying to, God, I, I got to get those war shots, those war shots. I need this kind of stuff. We just glanced right over this photo. To truly capture war, to truly capture war, is to capture it on the face of the soldier, or airman, or marine next to you. You know that's that hit me hard. So that's you're always looking for that. And that was the result of of uh, the firefight. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, are you scared when you go out there? You know, what do you carry? What are you, what are you doing? Well, when I go out, I'm literally, you know, I have all the body armor and everything on, but um, I carry a 9mm pistol, and I have two, uh, two uh, cameras, one with a wide angle and one with a long lens. Um, people are like, why don't you carry another gun? You know, and I said, well, honestly, my job is not to fight. My job is to capture those who are out there fighting or what's going on. However, if something happens, 
there's, there's probably going to be a gun next to me or around me that, and, I, and I've been trained to pick up and, and fight. Thank God that that hasn't happened. But, um, but one of the biggest things that kind of scare you over there is uh, I never worried when I was out there documenting uh, what was going on. It was always the night before for me that always stuck in my mind. Because you just went to an intel briefing, you're getting ready to go do a raid, and uh, oh, by the way, now they got a little pressure plate that's this big that can blow you up. So now I'm thinking I have to get out there and I have to work, but I'm, I'm working like this a lot of times, you know, using peripheral vision, and I'm working like this, and now I've got to watch out for these little pressure plates. One of the things, too, when we're out there uh, walking the streets or, or whatever, at first, the guys sit there and they get, uh, they want to put somebody on you because they don't trust you. You know, you're constantly proving yourself that you can be out there working with the Marines, the Army, the Air Force, doing their job. And it just got to, you know, you're saying, no, I can take care of myself. I mean, you've you got to prove that. And I always say, look, I'm not going to go any further than the front guy, and I'm sure as heck not going any further than the back guy. So I'm working. I'm working in between those guys uh, on the patrols. Uh, trying to capture what they're doing. And it's, I could go out there and just capture every shot, boom, 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 and it, it'll all look the same. A patrol is a po patrol is a patrol. You're just meeting different people. So my challenge is to try to show something different. Try to show it if you were the viewer, if you were not there, or if you were there, that you wouldn't see what you're, what you're seeing. We see in a 50 mil kind of perspective. So I want to shoot high angles. I want to shoot low angles. I want to shoot the little mirror reflection of the soldiers. The whole time I'm looking for moments. I'm looking for moments of a soldier who's dead tired or, or that time they're having fun. Or the compare and contrast that's saying something different. But always watching how people are interacting to our soldiers and uh, airmen. Car bombs. There's... A lot of things that happen when we're out there. It was usually car bombs. It was usually uh, firefights. We'd do raids. Let me hold here for a sec. We can do raids, and, um, and there was a lot of hospital kind of work going on. This was one of those scary nights. Um, we were out on the night patrol. Um, we got hit, and I remember hunkering down. And this is the first time I went out with it was myself and two other uh, Americans. All the rest were Iraqi, uh, you know, friendly guys, uh, Iraqi army. And uh, all of a sudden a firefight happened, and I'm laying face down in, in the field, and I'm looking, where is everybody? I have one Iraqi uh, army guy over here, everybody else is gone and next to this building. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do, what do I do? Jump up and run. And, when these things happen, these car bombs and, and things like that that I'm in, I don't, I don't remember. If they happen like this, all I remember is how fast I run. <laughs> but this night, this guy got shot, and this was one of those times where I had to put down my camera and, and help stick my finger in bullet holes and, and put pressure because we were under attack, and the Iraqis were so new they didn't really know what to do. And, I, and I, my uh, sergeant was sitting there working on this guy. I said, stop. I'm not doing anything. I'll work on this guy. You go out and make sure, you know, we're safe. Guy ended up uh, living, and uh, he was uh, Iraqi uh, 
policeman who just had a uh, three-month-old baby girl. So it was really nice that he, he ended up living. here too. Again, you know, I, I show these because I, w- I want to show how dangerous it is over there. At any given moment, something can happen. This was, uh, this was one of those days where we're, we're driving around. I was with a new group of guys, and they came up, and uh, they wouldn't let me out. I outranked the guy, but he just wouldn't let me out of the car to do the job. His guys were getting out and doing, you know, he's pro- he was protecting me. And I was just getting so mad. And it was at this point where I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm going to pull rank on them. I'm going to pull rank. And we pulled up to this one place where the Iraqis uh, police department did, were doing security check. And at that point, right before I was going to say something, he goes, you know what? If you guys want to get out and go document you know, those guys, you know, you're fine. Go ahead and do it. We're like, we're here to document really you guys. <laughs> I don't want that. About a minute later, a huge car bomb went off right in front of our eyes. And then we're stuck because we can't leave the scene. Um, this is uh, them literally right after it happens. And, and I just remember our gunner, and he said it in a southern kind of, you know, kind of hickish kind of voice. He's like, they're, they're shooting at us. They're shooting at us. And he's our gunner. And, the, you know, the, the sergeant's like, well, we'll shoot back at them, you know. <laughs> but this, this was a bad day, you know. And then... And you'll see the progression of it. There was uh, a guy that they, in the next couple images here, there was a guy that uh, the Americans knew. And it, this was, they called him Street Sweeper Bob. Just a nice guy, always out. Took, took the brunt of the hit. We finally got up to him, gave him medical care. And all he could do was reach up and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Our brave men and women do amazing things over there every day. Every day. And if we're not over there documenting what they're doing, it's like that tree that falls in the forest, right? If we're not around to see it, we don't hear it, we don't see it. We'll stop here. So in the military, another thing that we do is we do humanitarian. Our, our main job is, is for, uh, you know, documenting the wars. When we're not documenting the wars, wars not going on, we're documenting exercises. Um, I'm one of those guys who, uh, you know, training and exercises. God, I hate it. It's CPR. i got to take CPR training. You know, it's, for those of you who are military, you know those annual trainings that come up all the time. All the time you just, you're tired. You don't want to take those. It's, oh, here it is again. Let me tell you, when you're in the war situation or something happens, it clicks like that. And you, you, where did I get that from? But it's from those years of training. It all makes sense. But again, when, when we're not doing that stuff, we're doing humanitarian stuff. Um, we're out helping the world, you know, um, showing that America is, is out there helping sometimes the less fortunate. So um, I was out watching my son's soccer game. And I was working at Combat Camera, which is uh, an amazing organization. And I was working with them, and I was on call. Tsunami just happened. I was about an hour away. Got a phone call. 
right before my son's kicking off and going, hey, need you here in two hours for, uh, you're going to Japan for the tsunami. Now with war and, uh, with war and, and some of the other things that you'll see, Haiti that I was at for the earthquakes, um, it's a lot of death and destruction here and there. Haiti, Haiti, which I'll talk about, was really bad. Japan, I was with a new, uh, new videographer, and he, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, never seen anything like this. So I was kind of mentally preparing for him. You know, this is possibly what you might see, you might see. We got into the Japan, and uh, it was the weirdest and most eeriest thing. The worst devastation that I've ever seen, ever seen. But there was no life. No people. That was one of our jobs as we were working with the Virginia Task Force, I think, uh, going out search and rescue, looking for people. No signs of life. I didn't see cats, birds, fish. You didn't see anything. And I, and I guess, you know, I was asking, I was like, man, this is really weird. Well, supposedly, it, I mean, it sucked everybody back out. So this is uh, kind of a little short story on, on what we did over there. I mean, that's a neighborhood. Found the clock, and it was very close to the time that it happened, laying on the ground. The Japan, the Japanese, um, different culture, you know, than, like, than the people in Haiti. Um, the people in Haiti are poor and um, don't have a lot. Um, there were some hectic situations over in Haiti. Japan, everybody was prim, proper, you know, just, uh, you know, they'd wait in line for, for water. And they were just trying to, to, you know, mourn and rebuild, get on with their lives. You know, that's the living room of somebody's house. Water line, people trying to get fresh water. I always thought this stuff happened in uh, tropical places. <laughs> that was the neighborhood. Now we got into uh, to Haiti happened a little bit before, and uh, Haiti was another one of those situations where I was on call, and uh, they sent uh, come a camera. They sent a team of uh, six out, two on a team. Um, we happened to be the first uh, boots on the ground. Again, our job is to see what's going on over there, document the disaster, but then also what what is the military doing? What what are we doing to to help these people? And uh, what we were doing was flying in tons of aid, and we were, uh, you know, doing a lot of medical, you know, helping save lives, limbs, and, and everything.
And we are also doing search and rescue. <clears throat> a lot of times they'll send us out. They'll uh, put us up in, a, in an aircraft first so we can get some aerial shots. So we can send that up and, hey, DC, this is what's going on. masses of people, and this, just remember this because these are the masses of people that, that were coming out that were being affected, didn't have a place, but were coming to food lines. This is a, a food line that was happening uh, that we were taking care of, and more and more people heard about it, so more and more people showed up. So they're literally, the, our guys are holding them back before then we got overrun. And I, I have to say, this next uh, frame I think it's the next one. Yes, yeah, hold here. This one was the scariest I've ever been. And what happened was we got overrun. I'm fine with an enemy that's down the way or, or you know who, who your enemy is. or You know, these, these people, they're friendly people. They're friendly people, but they're a mob mentality. And it scares me. And, you're, you know, they, they're just being pushed from the back. And what happened was... As we got overrun, I had to dive under the truck and roll and then get back up into the, uh, up into the, uh, the Humvee. But again, I have to document this. It's unfolding right in front of my eyes. They need to know how to, uh, what's happening. These photos here helped, uh, helped set up the next food line that they went to. They, they had a better system where they kind of blocked the trucks and then they'd bring people in a couple at a time. Now again, it's Always about the soldier or airman. Who are we helping? It's these, these people. Why are we helping? Again, another, that's that crowd that just overran us. Another one of the uh, deployments that we do is another uh, humanitarian, and it's going over to Africa or, you know, down into the Caribbean or, or something like that where, where you're actually helping rebuild countries. Um, you're building schools. You're teaching medical. You're teaching, um, um, you know, there's the African soldiers in this case, the African soldiers how to, to train and fight. You know, building these relationships. This was uh, pretty much a six-month deployment where I was over in uh, Djibouti, Africa. Which I have to say is probably the worst place I've ever been in my life. <laughs> but it came out with some amazing stuff. Well, hold here for a second. You have to be, you have to be ready in, in my job to, uh, to, to recognize a good situation. You know, here I'm, I'm sitting down eating lunch. Um, you know, kind of finished my job. Kind of just sitting down in the car eating my lunch. Let me tell you what. The best photos ever, ever to take in the military are when Marines are bored. 
when Marines are bored, they do the craziest things. So next thing I know, I'm sitting there in the, uh, the Jeep. I'm just eating. I see them gather around, and one's beatboxing. And next thing I know is I'm seeing somebody dance. I'm like, i got to get over and check this out. And then all of a sudden, they start kicking the ground. I mean, this is hard rock Djibouti. They're kicking the ground. The next thing I know, this guy gets down and starts breakdancing. <laughs> Being able to recognize a great situation when it's in there in front of your face. And then trying to show it to you guys you know, to make that difference. Show you something that you haven't seen before. A view, a fresh look at a common place. While I was there, we got to uh, document, uh, one of our jobs was to do document the African Union Summit. So again, you know, it's not all what I like to say, hua hua out in the field running around. You know, it's, it's, I have to shoot the grip and grins. I have to shoot the grip and ends too. But you're always looking for that powerful image that says everything. It's a simple image. But over there, when they're African Union Summit, black hand and white hand uh, shaking is very powerful. We were training the Kenyans over there. Always trying to put that face on the people you're working with. Looking for the little details that add to a story. When I was over there, they, uh, they gave the uh, soldiers, or airmen, everybody over there who wanted to, uh, the opportunity to go out and do a 10-day uh, desert survival taught by the French uh, Foreign Legion. And this is kind of like a little series from that. So we just kind of rode around in a truck, kind of followed them for 10, 10 days through the desert. It was amazing. It was very demanding. Again, another situation that uh, I'm si I literally was sitting down eating lunch, and all of a sudden this dust tornado kicked up. I need to eat lunch more often. I think that's the key. just dawned on me. But we're sitting, I'm sitting down, and all of a sudden this dust tornado picks up through the French camp and goes through, and, and then these guys are chasing down papers. And I'm, I'm running while I'm shooting this towards it. And here I thought I had the wrong lens on it, and it turned out that it's, you know, a great great shot. We always pray to the photo gods, too. <laughs> always pray. One of the first females, Karen Davis, who, uh, who uh, made it through the course. One of her male counterparts that didn't. You know, while you're over there, again, it's painting that picture to, to uh, the public who these people are. I need to make 
you guys care. My viewers care for these people. You know, a bunch of school kids wanted to see what the Americans were doing. This was, this was another crazy situation. Right outside the gate, um, probably about two, two to five miles away, um, there was a big trash dump. And, uh, you know, I was, I was, you smell it all the time. And, uh, I, you know, I heard stories about it, and I wanted to get out there. And was able to get out there and spent a couple of days out there. You know, you're walking along this garbage, and there's, there's people living out there. And they're, they're eating out there. Um, this was a, the big orange truck would literally beep the horn as it started coming in. Even the animals knew that this was from the richest hotel in, uh, in Djibouti. And everybody comes running for it. But you're walking around, and half this stuff is on fire. There's needles. There's, I mean, just craziness. These kids live in, the, live in it. So one of the things I do, hold here for a second. One of the things I really try to do too, is is when I'm out uh, documenting. I I have a going to be 17 and going to be 14 year old boys. I always come home and I always show them my photos. I always always show them whether they're good photos, whether they're bad photos. And the reason I do this is is well, they're like, aren't you over in Iraq? All the Iraqis or Muslims are bad, or or you know things that they hear. Well. You know, sometimes I, I think the, the American public think that we all have 2.5 kids, we all have white picket fence, and all, the, all our kids have PlayStations and Game Boys. And I, I bring these, these things home to show them, hey, there's, there's other people out there that's less fortunate for you, than you. But I also bring home these images to show them, too, that you know, there's good and bad people all over the world. You, know, you have great people over in Iraq and Afghanistan. Great people in Africa. We have great people all over the place. We have bad people here in Dayton sometimes, you know. We have bad people in Florida, you know. It just makes you look at the, the world in a different light. Hold here. I drool all over myself. <laughs> Can't drink very well tonight. <laughs> all right. These next images are just kind of some of my favorites that I've taken over, over the last 10, 15 years. Um, I kind of want to get into what, what, what do we do? We're photographers. Um, in the Air Force, we're Air Force photographers. I work for the Public Affairs Agency. We just, again, had another merger where now I have to also be a writer as well. The job of public affairs is, again, we're, our main job is to, to advise, you know, and help out our base commanders and, and inform the public. You know, it's not always going out and taking photos. You know, I might have to do uh, Comrel, and I might have to do, take people on a bus tour, or I might have to write a story now. So there's a lot of facets to our job. One of the, the beautiful things is most of my career I was stationed at Combat Camera in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, 
an amazing, amazing group of people, an amazing organization. And our main job was to go out and provide historical documentation. We were the eyes and ears of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Pentagon, the President, and on-scene uh, on battlefield commanders. <clears throat> With that being said, um, there's a lot of different uh, things that we do. Um, the next couple images are going to show you where, at, at Combat Camera, I'll have to, uh, I became an aerial photographer. You know, since, since uh, our, we opened up, or since I was at Combat Camera, there was such a big demand for it that they just opened up uh, two more units. One in, uh, the second I believe it is in Hill, and the third is in uh, San Antonio, Texas. And then we have a reserve unit that's uh, in March, California. So these guys are getting trained up. It is constant training. And uh, one of the things that we do is I pick a few guys that uh, can pass a physical. And then um, you're sent to, to altitude chamber. You're sent to uh, um, you know, survival school. You're treated as your air crew. So we're air crew. So if something happens maybe in the back of, uh, you know, back of a C-17, I can help out. I'm not going to land a plane or anything. But... You know, I can help out. So that was one of the perks of also being a combat camera is I was a paid flyer. We were flying into a really bad storm uh, on this one down in, uh, uh, this is like two months ago I shot this one down the, uh, off the coast of Florida. And I've never in my life seen a, uh, we were in uh, the refuelers, and I've never in my life had a pilot turn back and go, you might want to buckle in as he's going like this. <laughs> scared me. Scared me. Thank God we didn't hit any turbulence or anything. You know, with aerial photography, I mean, a plane is a plane is a plane. I think what makes aerial photography is the background. This was that same flying into the storm. This was a C-17 that was coming up to refuel. <clears throat> On this shot, this is an AC-130 gunship. It was such a privilege and honor to fly in this, um, and uh, we were, we got it scheduled so we could fly at night. Um, I'm flying in another one in front of it, and they lowered the ramp. So I'm I'm you know harnessed in. I'm laying on the ramp, shooting these photos as we're panning. Didn't know if they were going to come out or not. Next thing I know, is I see a flash, and I turn around, and literally the whole crew is standing behind me with little point and shoots, shooting and taking pictures. <laughs> I'm like, what's, what's going on? They have never had that door open. They've never seen out the back of their own plane. Like, you guys got cameras, just ask them. This was a couple weeks ago, um, up, in, uh, up in Air Force Week uh, in New York uh, City. My job was to try to do something a little bit different. 
And so that's where you're out there. You're trying to, trying to think of little things to do different. Well, we came up with 101 faces. Let's just get these guys who are coming in to Air Force Week, and, and who are these characters? And this guy was amazing. Um, he came in and just was so thankful and appreciative and just came up and gave me a big hug and, like, nuzzled himself into my chest. And he's just sitting there holding me for the longest time. But he just goes, I can't thank you guys. I can't thank you guys enough. And he would just hold me. I was like, my friends are looking at me. I'm like, okay, it's good. <laughs> you know, it's the interesting characters that you meet that, that really inspire and make my day when uh, I get to photograph. And there's just a couple. They come to find out this guy was, uh, he was in the Indian Air Force, served 30 years. You literally have one minute with these people. It was one minute with these people just to bring something out of them. He was mad at me because uh, I made him wait a little bit. He got all up in his, his get up and then he had to stand there and wait for a while. Again, I think when, when you're looking at photographs, the thing that you truly go to, there's three things that you go to in photographs. You go to eyes, you go to the white space, where you go to text, words. I try to make you go to eyes all the time. That's what sucks and brings you in. You know, President uh, Ford funerals, uh, or President Ford's funeral that we shot. You know, how do you how do you show where you're at? You know, you can't, you can't get him. So you think of new ideas. You're constantly out there trying to, uh, to think of ways to, to show you something. Grip and grins. I have to shoot retirements. You know, it's being able to be there um, and, uh, and stay late. Get there early, stay late, as we say in the business. And things happen. Local circus comes to, to town. I'm constantly trying to get out there and improve my craft, whether it's, it's a civilian shoot like this, um, because military people are going to it, and then I try to bring that back to my base or unit as, as a story. And ultimately, if you're not out there shooting, you're not getting better. So I'm constantly out there trying to shoot and look for stories. Local swim meet. Why not go down and see what these guys are doing? I just got back from a recent trip. I spent three weeks over in Mongolia living with uh, the herders. Uh, I was covering a story on uh, an American uh, Air Force lieutenant colonel who's a veterinarian. He's trying to to help them with their, their produce and meat.
Who are the herders? So I did a little portrait setup and uh, came away with uh, some neat portraits of these guys. I didn't tell them how to pose or anything. Just get in there and take the pictures of who they are. I think my record on underwater shooting is probably one in a million. It's so hard for me. Again, just trying to show you something different. You know, do we think about seeing the dust kick up from the sandal? You know, getting down at that that angle. We'll hold right here. All right. One of the things I really try to do, and, and for those of you that are really interested in photography, um, one of the things I really try to do is I try to pick up a project. I think projects are very important. The military sends me out. I have to cover this event or this exercise. I literally have that day or a week real quick to capture it, and if I come back and I didn't get what I needed, I can't go back. Having a project... Is amazing. I just wrapped up a, uh, a little while ago, I just wrapped up a two-year documentary on a, a friend of mine named Carrie, Carrie Whitehead. She's a mass sergeant in the Air Force who uh, had breast cancer. Um, we've, it's called Carrie's War. You can find it on carrieswar.org. But um, she did amazing through it. Two, two years living practically with this woman and going through what she was going through. Come to find out, that uh, she just had it uh, metastasized into her hip. So we're going to probably pick up that story again. But the important part of it is picking up and having a, a, uh, a uh, project. Um, I've, I've documented things from uh, the Civil War reenactors, like, where I have a year-long project where I'm just out there working, and it's something that I enjoy. Because let's face it, I'm going to take better photos of things that I enjoy, and I'm going to work and learn and, and try things. I did NASCAR. Um, I'm just doing a lot of projects that keep me where I go to somebody who I trust, a nice editor who I admire and I look up to, and I go and uh, get constant feedback on how to improve my skills. This is an ongoing project called Burning Man. I don't know if you guys know it, but it's a big kind of weird hippie arts festival out in the Arizona desert, Nevada desert. And uh, they just come, and, and I, so I set up a little photo booth. This is not typical my style because there's, there's some heavy dodging and burning. There's some heavy manipulation to these. It's an arts festival, so that's what I wanted to, to do is kind of make it artsy. And these are some of the characters. It's, it's a four-year project I'm, I'm trying to work on. And it's fun. You know, I have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
I have one of the best jobs in the world. I really do. And, and I meant when I said in that opening video where, where I truly am blessed, where I, I actually get to live. If I want to go fly in an F-15 one day, I can do that. If I want to go ride in a tank uh, down Ramadi Street in Iraq, I can do that. But I'm truly blessed. And, and as photographers, you know, we're truly blessed to actually be able to pick up a camera and get to know that person that, uh, that we're working with. You know, not only, I always say it, not only do I get to live my life, but I get to live my life vicariously through the people I'm, I'm working with. You know, it's an amazing opportunity. One of the things I, I just want to show real quick um, after this is, I want to show, well, what's, what's going on with, with uh, photography now? What, what can we expect in the military now? Well, you know, when we went out on teams, it was usually a videographer and a photographer. And occasionally, if we were lucky, we'd get a writer that might come out with us. Um, the, things are changing with technology. I work at Airman Magazine right now where, you know, a year ago, a little over a year ago, they just quit printing the magazine. Um, and now it's all online. Well, being online, in the magazine you're printing four or five photos for a story and then you move on to the next story. Now we're trying to bring a whole bunch of different things. Now I'm expected to go out and shoot video as well. So what we're trying to do is bring this, what you're going to see coming up is, is a lot of interact, interactiveness with, uh, with what uh, we're doing. So you're, you're able to now touch and move and, and dive into what's going on. You're able to hear sounds uh, with the photos. You're able to uh, see video, moving video. So I just want to kind of show you a couple of teasers from uh, Airman Magazine to kind of just give you an idea of where you're going to actually see a lot of uh, photography in the military going, even, even if it's at your, your local base. So this is just kind of like what our first, our first cover issue was. You know, just a neat kind of interactive thing that you're getting sound, you're getting to feel it. You know, pretty soon you're going to have scratch and sniff on these computers, right? And it's just, it's neat stuff. And here's our, our latest one. And again, we're, we're constantly pushing the boundaries. We're trying different things, trying to get out there and do neat things. Hurry up! Yelling started right off the bus, right off the bus, and we really did not want to be that trainee that got singled out. You might want to take that place on the line. Off your way out. go. That whole first week is a lot of firsts, and they're giving you a lot of information very quickly, and they're trying to teach you to absorb it quickly. What's the It's just learning new things, is all. It's the stress of the environment. Really, a mental struggle. Yeah, the EMT puts you in a situation where you learn your mental strength. I've come to the conclusion that it does not get easier; you just get better. So that's kind of kind of where we're going in the future, and it gives it gives us the viewer to uh, an an avenue to get in there and and play a little bit more with with what we're, uh, we're bringing to the viewer.